Hello, listener. Uh, just so you know, we had some issues this week with uh, recording, and we lost most of Mikey's audio. He's there for the first, uh, I guess, 15 minutes or so, and then we lose him for the entire episode until the very, very end. So what I did was edit him out and made it seem like Brian and I had a conversation without him. Uh, the, the result is um, basically a 25-minute episode instead of a 40-minute episode. Um, but hopefully it's still something worth listening. Uh, we wanted to get something to our listeners. Thanks for sticking around. Um, yeah, enjoy the show. Thanks. Hello and welcome to Fans of the Genre 24 for April 24th, 2017. I'm Brian Swanson. I'm Mikey Krieger. And I'm Rhodes Clark. This week we're talking about what we wrote on InfiniteDogs.com, Nintendo's SNES classic, traveling with the Switch, and what we've been playing. But first... But, but first... Happy 420, so- bros. Oh, that, that that was bad. What was bad? That was really bad. <laughs> you guys hear it? Uh, yeah, a bit, kind I was, of. Yeah, I uh, was like taking a sweet rip off a hot bong um, in honor of 420. Um, you know? That yeah, was a rip. on Honor Production Doc, all it said was, Rhodes is a really good bit, and Brian and I had no other context <laughs> for what was to come. Yeah. I thought it sounded like the dial-up noise. Oh. It sounded like you were slurping, like the very oh, bottom no. of... Trust can. me, on the recording, when you listen back tomorrow, it's going to sound like a real good bong rip, because oh. this week was 420, and I'm still celebrating. Oh, he's probably going to like go back and like spend another hour editing <laughs> in himself making the noise, right? No, it was really good, I promise. It was like... This is going to be our first use of drops. It's going to be edited in, like, retroactively, but he's yeah. going to make just find like the most radio... Uh, bong rib drop <laughs> ever in there. I'm also going to create um, a bed of uh, reggae music playing underneath me. And air, air horns. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, what? This episode's going to be interesting for me and Brian. Like, usually I listen to, go back and listen to the first, like, 20 minutes or whatever. I'm like, yeah, we, we did a good job on that podcast. Like, whenever it ends <laughs> up going up. But this yeah. time I'll actually get, like, a totally different listening experience because we have a uh, unconventional setup. This week. Yeah, it's 1997 yeah, it's, in this joint. Um, we're all using something called a phone to talk to each other right now and recording locally. So it's going to sound good to you yeah. guys. But uh, Yeah, so on our iPhones, uh, they have this app called Phone. And, yeah, uh, it's just a new app that Apple put out called Phone. Yeah, um, what is that a reference to, Phone? I don't, I don't know. know. It must be some like ancient technology. Like, it's like, like a the save study. symbol. Hey, speaking yeah. of ancient technology, uh, Nintendo discontinued the NES Classic, and rumors are circulating that they're going to release an SNES Classic. Um, <clears throat> we wrote about the SNES Classic on InfiniteDogs.com, which you can visit to read content that we put out. Um, Mikey, you wrote a little piece about what the games we'd want to see on the SNES Classic. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so... Gosh, yeah, when I pitched this idea to you guys, you guys were like, yeah, this is going to be a great idea. It's like, all right, what three games do you want? And you guys were like, oh, shit. And, uh, I think I was, like, flying at the time. 
that that might have been true um <laughs> it was in the middle of a, of like wednesday or whatever um yeah we're yeah, working so, yeah i i had nothing to do it was great um <laughs> yeah and you wrote like two thousand words <laughs> yeah um so i won't tell I your pizza start- bosses so I'll, I'll start with what I neglected to add onto the list because I just actually Duck Marvin missions. Yeah, uh, I accidentally posted <laughs> it uh, yeah. earlier than I intended, and uh, I was going to let Rhodes throw in a little bit on a uh, a Daffy Duck game that I watched some YouTube footage of, and that is an interesting looking game. Mm-hmm. Um, is that uh, also on the? Oh no, is Daffy Duck? I'm so wrong. But was that on the adventure adventure uh, like? afternoon thing or not the afternoon collection uh no okay yeah that was disney huh yeah, yeah. right because um, that was all disney yeah this is a Looney Tunes so it, joint it looks like one of those games that had a version on super nintendo and on sega genesis and the sega genesis version was m- probably way better it um, definitely didn't it was only on nintendo <laughs> oh well then it just looked bad um, well again I, teach their I, own. I haven't played it I, I haven't played it, so I'm not yeah. saying it is bad. It just looked like it hadn't aged well. Yeah, because um, I definitely true. have those games. Like, like I love the Super Nintendo Aladdin, and mm-hmm. like that is actually like one of the main games that people use to compare the Genesis. Like when they're trying to say the Genesis was better than the Super Nintendo, is right. that the Aladdin um, version on Sega Genesis was much prettier and way better. And but I have the fond memories of that. Um, so quickly going through our <laughs> list, um, I put on donkey kong country mega man x um evo search for eden which i think we talked about that when we talked about um old games a few weeks ago yeah um yeah. Uh, i put on super mario rpg nba jam super mario kart chrono trigger earthworm gym and street fighter 2 so um, this was i this was a list of games that we hope to see and there are a couple on there that feel pretty safe like mario kart's gonna be on there for sure right for yeah. sure yeah no, and and in the intro i did say that like super mario world uh legend of zelda and super metroid are like guaranteed locks so i'm not even gonna yeah. waste my time writing about those um th- those will be there like those those three games alone make the super nintendo like just a fucking phenomenal like timeless system um mm-hmm. but yeah like s- some of these are like i don't know what the licensing is with rare now that um, Rare is a Microsoft company, so I don't know if they could get Donkey Kong Country. Um, yeah, I'd imagine so because I'm pretty sure Nintendo was like, they, yeah, they're they're the publisher, so they should have should have they the, own Donkey uh, Kong rights for this. Exactly, but I don't know if like how the licensing works with Rare. I assume that it's, yeah. it is Nintendo's, and they shouldn't have any problems with it, considering that it's been on the Virtual Console and whatnot. I'll bet uh, when they sold Rare, they kept the Donkey Kong rights. So. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I put these on here. I've tried to make it as diverse as possible, like some good mul- multiplayer games. Uh, like, Super Nintendo was a phenomenal RPG system, which mm-hmm. I think is a little underappreciated. Uh, a lot of people think of the original PlayStation as one of the best RPG, or especially JRPG consoles ever. And, uh, I would personally take the Super Nintendo over it. Um, so hmm, I yeah. put a few of those on there. Um, I think Donkey Kong Country is the best 2D platforming franchise. Um, like, my argument was that Rare did what they did for 3D platformers 
with Banjo Kazooie and like taking Super Mario 64's formula and just like enhancing it to such a refined and beautiful extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did that with like Super Mario World. Gotcha. Uh, so like I, I have a very deep fondness for the Donkey Kong Country games, um, and Super Mario RPG is like one of those games where it, it came out a few months before the Nintendo 64, so it just never really got. Uh, the attention that it deserved whenever it came out, and I feel it's like so good. Yeah, oh yeah, that, that, that game's act, like legitimately phenomenal. It was made by SquareSoft, so it's not like now. I think it's like Hal Laboratories makes a lot of like the Paper Mario games and um, like the Mario and Luigi games, and there's like a direct through line of influence between Super Mario RPG and then to Paper Mario and the Mario and Luigi uh, RPGs. So like, yeah, just f- for like having that as like like some kind of like arch- like archiving like that's a huge thing in gaming is like how do we archive games and i think if nintendo like really went in on these like nes classics and super nintendo classics um i think that that would be a great way of doing that and super mario rpg is one of those games that would need to be on there like yeah that game is le- legitimately phenomenal and it in a lot of ways feels much more like a final fantasy game than a super mario game like the final boss is the most final fantasy square soft ass boss like in any of in any Squaresoft game, and it's fucking phenomenal. Um, yeah, I I, I kind of just went through this list. Like Earthworm Jim, I feel like is a game that's very much of its time, even though it's not like oh yeah that classic Super Nintendo game. Like it's just so fucking nineties, and that mm-hmm. I feel like a little bit of attention needs to be kind of given to like the era that it existed in. Um, yeah, these are, so, these Fighter- are sort of these are sort of like uh, like time capsules, right? Like sort of the whole point exactly. is to revisit old games and kind of see what gaming was like i my interest my the whole thing with with the nes classic and this is that like i sort of get the sense that nintendo should be selling these not like a console but like something they sell at urban outfitters right or something they sell at an end cap at a walmart like something that just mass produced and something that could just be like picked up by anybody the fact that they're like yeah advertising these to gamers I don't really know why they're doing that because it feels like they could just make so much more money off of these things if that's like what they care about by making more of them and selling so, them in wider like retail spaces. I don't know. So I think they you see that more from money like almost. Sega, Sega and Namco I think have those and I don't know how well that those do but like I remember I had to like for work go to Staples I think and like go pick up some paper or whatever and like they and at Staples which is like an off supply store like they had a bunch of those like Sega like 50 yeah. games in one like packets but um a part of the part of the difference is like the same reason why nobody can make a like fighting like, a fighting game of all of their properties in the way that Nintendo can it's just it's not the same like they don't have the back catalog in the way that Nintendo does um yeah. so Nintendo might be able to succeed in that like I feel like that has to be some part of it but um yeah no they should absolutely be making millions of these and um, I don't know if the Super Nintendo has quite the appeal to a lot of people that the original Nintendo does, just because, yeah. like, the like image of a of an NES is so like prominent, and like you have like fond memories of things that you know, and sure. um, you know you have like Tecmo Bowl where people it's like even if they never played Tecmo Bowl, they know that like Bo Jackson is just like like he's the character in that game that like nobody can stop, and like there's like yeah. some like lore behind that. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if the Super Nintendo one would have the same appeal. So um, you have to imagine that part of the reason why they discontinued the NES Classic last week is that 
like they're gonna pack in some of that into the Super Nintendo Classic because the original Super Famicom could play original Famicom games. That's just functionality that never made it to the uh, um, the, the Western US. Super Nintendo. So like they. Like, I assume that for the Super Famicom one, they're like, oh yeah, since that was backwards compatible, we'll do that here with this one. Hey everybody, this is where we lose Mikey. Uh, it's just me and Brian for the rest of the show. Thanks. Let's move on. Um, I'm excited about an SNES Classic. When the when the NES Classic was announced, like, the next logical thing for me, who wasn't super excited about the NES Classic, was to be like, oh, oh I know what this means. The SNES Classic is com- coming next, so... Um, well, I'm already excited for the GameCube Classic, so... Oh, hell yeah, dude. Just saying. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. Totally. The uh, the reason that we're talking on the phone instead of um, over Skype or Discord is because Brian's traveling and hotel Wi-Fi is bad. Um, it sucks. But traveling uh, with the Switch sounds good. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I flew from Seattle to uh, LAX a couple days ago and uh, brought my Switch, bought Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, and had Zelda with me. And uh, you know, I spent three hours on my flight just playing my Switch. I I have to say, it's it's pretty cool. It holds up pretty well to that that video that they released when they announced the console. Remember, mm-hmm. like that kid just like sitting at the table at his trip. Uh, with his tray down in his seat playing switch. Like that's kind of how I felt the whole time, except I probably looked a lot nerdier and a lot less like, <laughs> uh, PR video buzz. Yeah. Less focus tested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the focus groups weren't really into me. There was a guy taking my armrest. It kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah. I don't have much to say other than that. Like it's, it, it's, it's a really awesome console for just because you have this really, crisp awesome gaming experience but it's it's mobile like it transcends it transcends the mobile phone of course which i think has has been the uh, a lot of people's like choice quote gaming platform for a long time of course the 3ds but yeah um you know the, the the ds and the 3ds came out and then i think the iphone sort of came into its and the ipad came into their success or they're themselves a little bit when it came, kind of when it comes to games but now we have this Nintendo Switch and Zelda still looks beautiful and Shovel Knight is awesome and I was sitting on a plane thousands of feet in the air playing the game you know how for a while like at every Apple conference like they were touting the power of uh of iPad gaming and like console level graphics and stuff no one really took advantage of the iPads uh, or tablet gaming in general like as a way to like get console level quote unquote console level graphics right and like there are plenty of really beautiful games on on ipad and stuff but i feel like they all take advantage of a more minimalist art style and like definitely kind of like what nintendo does and i like what nintendo's doing with the switch without because they're not positioning it as like a powerhouse which lets everyone think of it as what it is which is just like it's my switch so like every the game's the same as it is on the tablet that is on the tv i can travel with it it's really pretty genius like i'm surprised that someone else didn't think of like basically hooking up a tablet to a tv seamlessly before this you know um yeah it's pretty cool i uh i still like maybe i'm just convinced myself that i don't need it but i still am sitting over here and granted i don't have much time to play anyway but like i've tried just playing zelda on the wii u gaming tablet and i'm not like 
not completely sold on just the handheld experience, but we've talked about endlessly about how it's probably just the fact that it's on a Wii U pad, not a Switch. Because um, like that thing's kind I of toyish. I think the, the Switch Zelda... I think the hype with the Switch and the Zelda, it really is like hand-in-hand with, like, I got this new console and I have this awesome new Zelda game. Mm -hmm. Like, Breath of the Wild is awesome and it would probably be just as fun for me on the Wii U, but I think that there's two two types of motivation feeding that hype that work together very well to make it seem like, you know, this is the new experience you need to have. But if you put Breath of the Wild aside for a second, like... Uh, and maybe Mikey can convince me otherwise with his the game that he's played this week, but there still isn't a lot out for the Switch, and you don't have to play the best game on the Switch on the Switch right now. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I also just feel bad, like, as someone with a wife now, and I don't know, like, getting home, a lot of people talk about just like, oh, yeah, my wife's watching TV while I'm on the couch with my headphones in playing Switch and Zelda, and, like, I, I, I don't enjoy how that makes me feel you know what i mean like i don't enjoy uh basically ignoring someone else in the room just so i can enjoy a game like i i like having time to myself where i don't feel like i'm not obligated but like you know i enjoy spending time with my wife and i want to like talk to her and enjoy something together and it's a little harder to just like set time aside to play games lately um We'll see if I can find a solution because I really like Zelda. I just I want to like get past the point where I'm getting fed story information and I can really truly just sort of be off on my own. I'm at, I'm at that point now, kind of, but like I want to be at the point where I can like maybe turn the volume off, even though I like love the music and everything, but so that I can just play it while something else is happening. Uh, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I'll, I'll have more to report when I have more time to play it. Um, but. Uh, while we're on the Switch stuff, why don't we talk about um, Shovel Knight? Yeah. So Shovel Knight is a it's a platformer. It's a two-dimensional platformer that feels that was built and really like intentionally made to feel very very similar to an NES game, like like the best NES game you probably ever played. Yeah. Uh, and so it's I, I don't know. It's it's really cool. It it has those really cute sprite sprite um character design you know it's all pixelated and everything and Mm -hmm. uh you play as a knight with a shovel and you jump on stuff and you dig stuff and you collect gems and currency to buy upgrades and it feels really good it feels like something between a mario and a zelda 2 and to be honest i haven't i i sort of didn't even like consider shovel knight when it came out and didn't even read up on any any buzz about it so my impressions going in are sort of just from this like post shovel knight like referential (laughs) timeline where shovel knight is just sort of like the comparison now and not the and never explained they're just like oh that game's dope but it's not like shovel knight or that indie game didn't do what shovel knight did and so now i'm kind of figuring out what shovel knight has done and it's it's pretty cool yeah one of the cool things about shovel knight to me and this is this statement about games and nostalgia in general is pretty cliched at this point, but like Shovel Knight feels like hmm, it feels like an NES game without actually being one. Like you feel like you the way you remember feel like playing those games. Like it feels like how you remember that, but it's not. Yeah, 
one-to-one. Brian, do you have much history with uh, Super Nintendo games? Uh, I mean, I've played Zelda 2, I've played Mario, I didn't play DuckTales, I didn't play Castlevania or Ninja Gaiden. Mega Man? Um, yeah, a little bit, but always just it was, it was too much for me. Yeah. Huh. Um, I, I, I did play a lot of Tiny Toons Adventures on the NES. Damn. That game was dope. Uh, I played a lot of Mario is Missing. Hmm. Uh, gonna be honest, that game did not prepare me very well for Shovel Knight. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, the other thing, too, that, that really stuck out to me is that the, when you go to it, like, the first town, at the very least, like, in the beginning of the game, it, it's, like, straight up Zelda 2, like, walking around, talking to people yeah. that just say goofy things to you. It is really I amazing cool how they, they were able to find aspects of all of those games to combine it into one. That sounds pretty pretty cool. I want to meet a kid who plays Shovel Knight and then goes back and plays the NES Classic. Whoa. Yeah. And they're like, uh, it's got this thing like Shovel Knight has, but... Huh. I, I'll, I, that has to be a YouTube series somewhere, right? Probably. Um, but yeah. Um, cool. I played a game. Yeah, you played a game and wrote about it. I did. I wrote a review. I wrote a review, a review of a game called Kimmy for InfiniteDogs.com. Uh, Kimmy is a is the latest game from Nina Freeman, who is working at Fulbright Company on Tacoma. Um, for throughout the last couple of years, she's also had a team called Star Made Games, uh, and they've released Sybil and uh, just on the 18th of this this month. And it's a it's a visual novel, so. Um, the gameplay is basically just advancing text, selecting items from a store, buying trinkets and collecting toys and like it's selecting kind of dialogue options sometimes um, but it's really more about just living in this world and it's like uh, set in a 1960s Massachusetts and you play uh-huh. a young girl who is babysitting um, another young girl who uh, has a mysterious family life and you just sort of go throughout the whole summer learning more about her family and her life and it's very touching i think i cried uh, grace and i played it um with our cat on our lap and we just sort of like dimmed the lights a little bit and uh yeah i don't know it was really interesting it's only it's pretty cheap i think it's like 10 bucks and it's totally worth your time um it's available on steam and mac i don't know it's pretty cool, cool. do you play visual novels much a little bit yeah it's not a genre that I'm like super familiar with typically because like um, I feel like and this could be just a weird perception thing that visual novels are mostly like anime games Um, yeah and I'm not quite my heart isn't quite open to anime yet so I typically stay away from those (laughs) Uh, I can fix that uh, that's fine you can give me a minute Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, but this was really, really interesting because of the, of the perspective. And I feel like everyone could find something to relate to in this. What Grace and I really liked is that, like, from her angle, she used to babysit kids over the summer uh, for, like, years. And she really appreciated how the dialogue was written for all of the children. Because, like, they're very blunt. They're very upfront about um, how they're feeling about something without really understanding what, what's going on. and And then, like the reactions once they realize what's happening or once someone tells them otherwise is very true. Like it's, it's kind of like tinged with like hurt and I don't know. Uh, it's just cool how 
how she was able to capture what it's like to be a kid. That's really cool. I, I dig that because, again, it's one of those things that you don't often see in video games, especially not with like AAA games. And I think that that's something that we could really, we should really focus on more when it comes to stuff that we talk about because I, I get pretty stuck on AAA games pretty often. But when a game like Kimmy comes out, or I, I even played her, her previous game, Sybil, and that mm-hmm. was really great. Um, and yeah, shout out to Nina Freeman. Yeah, seriously. Um, she's doing some really interesting things. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like part of the, part of the reasons I think like we started the site a little bit was to, I mean, and this, this podcast is like, we wanted to maybe highlight things that people in our lives who don't play games, uh, they might be interested in, right? Like, you know, when people think of video games, they think of Call of Duty and the three of us are interested in games like that, but also want to bring to light smaller projects that maybe people, people aren't aware of. Yeah. So yeah, that's Kimmy. I highly recommend it. It's, it, if I'm sound a little down on it right now, it's, it's more that just like, it's been a couple of days and I had a long weekend. Uh, but I don't know. I, I left thinking more about like friendships and my relationship to people than any game has ever made me feel. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And then, uh, I played a little bit of Titanfall two, um, because I had like 30 minutes of downtime the other day and that's a really good game to come back to. Um, and they're still releasing content for it. There's a new update this week, um, that I'll be checking out, but, uh, that game still feels really, really good. The community hasn't like plateaued, and I still feel like I have a a, a way to like dominate in that game. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Titanfall two, check it out if you haven't. It's probably still super cheap, so it's great. Yeah, uh, is there anything else? And Mikey's back. Uh, go. You, it's too late now. But if you didn't try Unicorn Frappuccino, then you're probably no fun. Uh, I didn't try one, so you're yeah. Uh, that's me. Yeah, I can no live with fun. that. <laughs> Clearly, I'm the only fun one here. Yeah, probably. Um, um, I I did notice that there was a uh, a unicorn lemonade that was sort of secretly slash not yeah. so secretly because of social media popping Ooh. around, which was where they put the mango flavoring and the sour syrup just in lemonade. Interesting. And apparently, that was pretty good. Weird. But uh, unicorn frappuccino, it, it was a sour milk drink, and that's something that we d- that we invented in 20, 2017. Good job, humans. <laughs> we did it. Um, okay, let's wrap up. Thank yeah. you for listening to fans of the genre. Uh, if you like the show, please rate us on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Uh, actually, I'm going to scrap that. If you like the show, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. It's It really helps others discover the show. I got an email saying that we should be a little bit more um, specific with with the nomenclature from Apple. There's like tips and tricks or something. So yeah, Apple Podcasts is the place to go. Um, follow us on Twitter at Fans of Genre. Follow the site at Infinite underscore Dogs. Um, or on Facebook at fb.me slash fans of the genre or fb.me slash infinite dogs 420. You can now send your questions for the show to info at infinite dogs.com. Um, below that email address up baby. We want some, some questions. Um, yeah. And then thanks to John Bash for uh, composing a completely original theme. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. Anything else from you guys? Anything else from you guys? 
Nope. Uh, nope. Uh, cool. Nope. I'm on Twitter at Rhodes Clark. Mikey's on Twitter at Mikey Krieger. Brian's at Brian T. Swanson. Uh, you'll hear from us next week. Go to infinitedogs.com. Go oh, check I it out. I want to point out one thing. What's that? Hey, it's episode 24, which means we spent over an entire day of our lives talking to each other about video games, which is pretty dope. That, hey, that is pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. Good and, job, uh, us. So. Yeah, and we're only getting bigger, hopefully. So. I mean, we got bought, so. It's true, we did get bought. <laughs> All right, Sold thanks out. for listening, everybody. Have a good. Thank week. you. Bye. Bye.